Join Hanson Scotty Friday from noon to three. Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical will be live in studio to discuss an FDA-approved breakthrough and permanent solution for ED with no pills, surgery, or needles. Time now to talk a little college football. Riley Jensen is here for his weekly visit. He joins us, of course, on the Sprint Special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Riley, good morning. Good morning, guys. Any any big games going on this week? I've got my TV schedule planned out. I got the Utes in Washington at two. I got USC and Oregon at six. I got BYU and Utah State at eight. Everything else has to fit in around that. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're going to have a good Saturday. Lined Saturday. up, ready to go. Now, why don't we start with your alma mater first, the Wagon Wheel, BYU. So, trying to figure out here with a couple teams. Why am I so fired up about a, a, a couple of teams that have both lost two out of three? I am ready for this game. It seems like whoever wins, yeah, whoever wins this kind of fixes things, gets on the right in the right deal. And you know, for Utah State, it's they're in the division race and they'll have some momentum beating BYU because I don't think they really felt good about themselves for about a month now. And for BYU, it's been a total roller coaster. But if they win this, they're four and four, and they ought to be seven and four going to San Diego State for the finale playing for an eighth win yeah I, I yeah i think i think you're right and i think if you're a byu fan right now i think you got to be pretty excited about this opportunity uh, i mean if you, if you watched utah state play the last two weeks it has not it has not been pretty and i know the nevada game looks like a blowout it was 36 to 3 um they they did not play well in that game obviously against lsu um you're you're just not going to play well against the top five team in the country and then you know, last week, I, I, I mean, I, it was a head scratcher as much as BYU fans have been head, head scratching. You know, a Toledo loss or a, or a South Florida loss. The Utah State loss was just ugly on Saturday, and so I have, I have no idea what to expect, other than, I do think that Gary Anderson will have their attention this week. I do feel that coming off of a loss, these guys will be. Excited to be at home. I think the Utah State's played a little bit better at home than they have on the road, and it's gonna—it's got all the makings for a great rivalry game. And I think there's a lot on the line. Um, number one for Utah State and for Gary Anderson. Um, I think it's a big deal to beat BYU. It'll be huge for them to beat them three times in a row on the recruiting trail. And I think it's a big deal for BYU in the sense that they've got to turn around that momentum. You know, and and kind of build on the momentum of the Boise State game, and then they've got to be able to say, "Hey, look, you know, we've been able to win some rivalry games. We haven't won against Utah, but we beat Boise State, we beat Utah State, and we're going the right direction." I think, I think there's all kinds of narratives that come out of this game for either team that wins it. So you always hear losing team, we got to work harder, we got to clean up some mistakes. And I often wonder why aren't they already doing that? You know, maybe from my perspective, it's harder to understand because, as you know, Riley, I was one of those guys when it came to athletics. I was the last guy in the gym and the first to leave, so I never really worked hard. Uh, but why aren't they already doing that? Why aren't they working harder? Why aren't they cleaning up the mistakes? It's, it can't be as simple as that. Well, I don't. I don't think it's that simple. I think what coaches are trying to say is that there's been a lack of focus at certain times during the game. And I think one of the things that I remember from playing college football that it was a lot different than just high school football or any other game that I participated in is just how long the games are. I mean, I, 
I remember in college, the first time that I started a game, it was in junior college, and the 15-minute quarters and the clock stopping and just different things that happen, it, it takes a lot more to win, and it takes a higher level of concentration to play well for a whole four quarters than it did in high school. So I think when coaches bring that kind of stuff up, I think they're talking about focus. I think they're talking about it's not about working harder. It's about, like, are you able to stay focused on what your job is and what the detail is and what your assignment, your alignment, and your technique is for a whole four quarters? And I think what happens is, is sometimes as you're going along and maybe you're winning some games and you're feeling good about yourself is – you kind of forget about that focus. And I think coaches forget about it. I think players forget about it. And all of a sudden you're like, you know, it it may be that, for example, on defense, there may be a guy running wide open down the field for a post play, but the quarterback didn't have his eyes there and wasn't ready to throw the ball to him. And he threw a little hitch on the outside and it didn't hurt you. But the next team is going to see that on film and they're going to, they're going to take advantage of that kind of stuff. And so, you know, it, all of these games, and, and, and this is so cliche, but it's but I, I really feel like it's true. Peyton Manning used to always say that, you know, games come down to four or five plays. Every single game comes down to four or five plays. The problem is you just don't know which four or five plays those are. And so you have to have extreme focus and high concentration on every play during the game or it can cost you and your teammates. So the Aggies just have to tighten up a few of these details, or it's been a month since they won, and there's just a fundamental issue with how good they are. Which one of those do you buy? Right, right now, I, I'm feeling like there's a fundamental issue on how good they are. I mean, if you look through the statistics, they're not—they're terrible on third and seven plus. So I mean, I think I think Jordan Love is something like 17 of 38 when it's third and seven, and you go, okay, well, everybody's bad on third and seven. And I'm like, yeah, but there's a high number of pass plays. There's a high number of things that are happening there. So that means on first and second down, they're not running the ball very well. That means on second down, they're not getting plus yardage to get themselves into a third and six or less. And you're right, everybody has a high high percentage of completions, a high percentage of, of third down conversions when it's third and five or less, but that that's a result of the concentration on first and second down. And I feel like the offensive line for Utah State is struggled. Um, I don't I don't feel like the run game is particularly as good as it has been. I think that receivers have dropped the ball for Utah State, and I think that makes it hard on a quarterback sometimes. But I also think we have to we have to start looking at Love and just saying, look, you need to play better because there are plays where there's guys wide open and he needs to make the throw. And there's guys, there's times where he is receiving blocking and he, and everything is fine and he's just not making the play. And so I think, I think he has to step up. I mean, I, I know that this is a, this is a guy that before the season started was a Heisman Trophy type candidate. Um, that doesn't mean he was going to win it at Utah State, but it was nice to be included in the conversation. He's still being included in the conversation for being drafted to the NFL, but right now he needs to play better. Uh, and I think that's just an easy statement, and I think he knows that. I think, I think he's probably. I mean, when I watched him in the in the Nevada game, I was like, man, this guy is pressing. I don't know if he has some sort of like false pressure on himself as to what he has to do, 
And then when I watched it in the Air Force game again, I, I thought the offensive line didn't block as well in that game, but I still felt like he was pressing in some ways. And he's just got to relax and just play and, and just let the game come to him because right now he's really pressing to get better. And I, I think that's a hard situation to be in. And so this is going to be this is gonna be a tough game for Utah State. I, it, you know, when I, when I think about it, I mean, I think it's going to be tough for them to be able to run the ball with this offensive line, and that's with a defensive line that's not that great for BYU. So Utah's got the massive game. Is it November they're going to gag, or is this a new November and Tyler Huntley's playing so well and the defense is so awesome that come one, come all, we're going to beat everybody? Boy, it would be really hard for me not to imagine Utah winning this game. I, I but but that being said, it's very tough to run the table, and and we've all talked about this. We've talked about how there's always a game that we scratch our heads. There's always a game that doesn't doesn't work out exactly the way that we thought it was going to be, and maybe that was just the USC game. Maybe it's not, but I, I mean, I have a hard time watching the way the University of Utah is playing defense, the way Tyler Huntley's playing offense. I have a hard time thinking anything but wins for the University of Utah for the rest of the, the season. Now, will USC trip up? I don't know. I mean, it, it looked like maybe they're going to trip up against Colorado and they came back and won that game. But, man, it would be hard to pick against the University of Utah with Moss back, with Huntley playing the way he is and the defense playing the way they are. We spoke to Andy Ludwig. He's not available very often. They rotate through assistant coaches. There's two assistant coaches available every Tuesday. That's it. During the season, you know, you right. talked to him in spring football forever. But during the season, that's it. And so Andy Ludwig was available this week. PK and I went up and spoke to him. And the only reason he wouldn't go full bore praising Tyler Huntley is he wants him to play like this for five more games. I mean, he wanted, he was asked about a letter grade and he wanted to give him an A, but he gave him an A minus because he's got to do it for five more games. It's like, you know, you can't have an A yet because the final exam isn't here yet, basically. When you see Tyler Huntley, do you see him, see him playing at that level? Because we know coaches like to criticize players. You know, there's one more thing you got to do. And that was really the only thing that he would say is, well, he's got to do it five more times. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with Andy. I mean, I, I think that's that would also be the grade that I would give the team, right? Like, like people are saying this defense is amazing and this defense is doing that. And I – I totally agree with everyone, and my thought is, my thought is, okay, you just have to finish the season, though. You got to continue, you got to continue this path for five more games. And I and I do think that Tyler's played at an amazing level. If if you would have told me that he was playing at this level of football at the first of the year, I would have had a hard time believing it. Other than the fact that I think Andy Ludwig's a great coach, and he gets quarterbacks' eyes in the right place, and he gives them a chance to be really successful. But, man, it's it's a high level of football that's going on. And when you can run the football the way the Utes are and then be surgical in your attack in the passing game and play this kind of defense, it's it's really scary. This is as good as I've felt about the Utah teams since, you know, 2008, maybe even 2004. 2004 when they were playing such good offense and, and running all over the place. So it'll be interesting – to see if they can continue this in the Pac-12. And if they do, I'm willing to give Utah the rating of, of maybe the best Utah team that's ever played 
maybe the best team in the state of Utah that's ever played if they're able to finish out five, six more games like this. The best team in the state of Utah ever? Riley Jensen, you just declared that? <gasps> no. I, 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 there was a caveat. If they a caveat? Yeah, I mean, look, they have to finish. But right now, all signs are pointing to that they could do this. And they look really good right now. I mean, I, I, mean, I can't. I can't say enough nice things about them. I mean, I would not want to play against this defense. And normally I love a team that blitzes and plays man-to-man defense because somebody's going to slip, somebody's going to be out of position, and you can get big plays, and you're just not getting big plays against these guys. And so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Washington's going to be a big test, and I think when Eason is on, he's really good. And, you know, Washington is going to be well-coached. They're going to have some things prepared for him, mm-hmm. But... I think Utah's up to the task. That's his caveat. No doubt, I'm not picking against them. Did you know that Riley speaks French, DJ? I did. <laughs> I actually knew that. That's his caveat. Now, can you can you spell caveat? Because that's a big word, Riley, for a Utah State guy. <laughs> C-A-V-I-A-T. Leave me alone. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was well played, Riley. I think it's Timo Wacker. I think it's E, not I. A caveat. That's what I get when I go to the dentist. <laughs> Tease me for using big words. Come on, man. What, what is this? What is this? Another what? day with PK. What are you hey, about? what do I know, man? I'm the last guy to the gym and first to leave. <laughs> and you know why I you get know a, a lot. And you know why you get away with that? Why? Because you've arrived. Oh yeah. Have you heard I've arrived, Riley? Oh, who who told you that you've arrived? The Listen, man, the never. myth, the legend. It's still a work really? in progress, though. You've never arrived unless you're PK. <laughs> Just threw that out in the middle of the Kyle Monday press Whittingham. conference. He said, "You've arrived." You know that's you know that's the enemy to all greatness is thinking you've arrived. Fact. You've never arrived unless you're PK. <laughs> <laughs> I've arrived. So poo poo on you. You hey, can man. know what you can do with your caveats. <laughs> <laughs> you can stick them in your body you caveats. I just don't want you throwing quotes out there that are going to like get me in trouble. Like best team ever in Utah, and with a caveat. C A V I T. C A V I T. Leave me alone. With a caveat, then. Jeez, so hoity-toity, Riley Jansen. Hey, Riley, well, Utah. That that word's been used a lot with me. I mean, I get that all the time. Like, oh, hoity-toity. That guy. That guy. He's a first-team all-whacker. That guy, Riley Jetson, he's hoity-toity. I knew it. Speaking of hoity-toity, let's talk about USC, the University of Spoiled Children. And let's talk about their ability to beat Oregon because Utah might be the best team ever in the state of Utah, but if USC doesn't lose again, they're not winning the Pac-12 South. If SC wins out, it's over. This looks on paper like easily USC's most difficult game. Is Oregon going to do what the Utes want and beat the Trojans? Well, I, I certainly I certainly think you have to hope so. Watching Oregon play last Saturday, if they can run the ball the way that they've been running it, I think Oregon looks like the clear favorite to me. And certainly I'm I'm cheering I'm cheering for Oregon to win and I'm cheering for Utah to win because 
USC's got to get this off their, excuse me, the Pac-12 has got to get this off their back a little bit. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to see, you know, two one-loss teams yeah. going into the Pac-12 championship and then really sure. make make the college playoff, make a decision about the Pac-12 and, and, and respecting those teams as maybe two teams that, that could play in the playoff and should be included in the yeah. playoff because they haven't really been included. They haven't been allowed to the table yet. Well, particularly when you get to Santa Clara, it's not like – oh, is the winner going to get in the playoff? It's been basically already established that the winner is not going to the playoff. You're still playing for the Rose Bowl, and that's a big deal, but it would be cool if the winner had a shot to get to the playoff. It would still be in discussion. Normally when we get there, that's not in discussion. Right. Right. I I mean, I do think it would be good for the conference. I think it would be good for the Utes. I think it would be good for Oregon and for whatever happens. Going, going, going forward, and so I think I think if you're a if you're a Utah fan and you're a Pac-12 fan, you need to be rooting for Oregon. And I I, I really feel like Oregon's going to win. And I think I think that USC game was a one-off for the Utes. I think they slipped a little bit mentally, and now they're playing really good football. And and I and I'd like to see them have an opportunity to play not only for the Rose Bowl but for for a playoff. I think that'd be great for the state of Utah. Riley, thank you. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Love being on your show. Yeah, I mean, he just he wanted to, he wanted to add a caveat, but y'all cut him off. Y'all cut him off. <laughs> no, no C A V I T for you. Let him get you know. Gary Anderson ends with Go Aggies. Riley Jensen. The caveat is love being on your love show. being on your show. So you don't cut him off until he adds the caveat. A little quick with the trigger, my bad. <laughs> the hand is quicker than the eye. I'm all about the, the caveat. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up next, everything you missed in this show in one nice, neat, tidy segment. That's next. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz are back in action tonight at home against the L.A. Clippers. No Paul George. He's out for at least two, maybe four more weeks. But both teams are 3-1. and one. It's a chance for Jazz fans to see one of the better teams in the NBA. Up close and in person, the game tips at 8 o'clock. It's a late start because it's on ESPN. Both teams coming in with 3-1 and one records. Dallas Maver- Mavericks are also 3-1. and one. They give the Nuggets their first loss of the year. The Nuggets fall to 3-1. and one. 109-106, Dallas had nine players in double figures, but nobody with more than 14. Anthony Davis had 40 points, 20 rebounds. The Lakers improved to 3-1. and The last two undefeated teams in the West, the Spurs and the Timberwolves, both 3-0. Major League Baseball, Nationals forced a decisive Game 7 with a 7-2 win over Houston. Road teams won all six games in the series so far. That's the first time that's happened in Major League Baseball history or in the playoffs in the NBA or NHL. Game 7 tonight in Houston, 6 o'clock on Fox. Max Scherzer for the Nationals, Zach Greinke for the Astros. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Beginning and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save. That's Diamond Airport Parking. Big show. Big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? 
Former Ute and our dear friend, the one and only Christian Cox. Tyler Huntley, I'm more impressed with his accuracy and his progression as a player. I've always viewed him as a wild card. He's been injured almost every year. Last year, when he had five touchdowns, six interceptions. This year, he only has one interception, throwing 70% plus. I think his offensive line has improved since USC. I think USC has been the only team that's been in the backfield and had the physical athletes just embarrass the offensive line. And I think that's the difference. Plus, you look at these plays he makes when he's under duress. These are magical, great plays. I never thought I'd say this last year, but I think he has a decent shot to play in the NFL. Turn this up. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Soto swings and hits one high and deep to right. This is way back. Going, going, and gone. Goodbye. Into the second deck. A tremendous home run for Juan Soto. Bang. Zoom goes the magic wand. Look, I don't want to sit here and talk about me or the umpires. Or um, This is not about me or the umpires. This is about the Washington National and those guys in the clubhouse coming to game six, playing lights out, uh, knowing that this could be it. Um, and I'm super proud of them. Well, it is about you because you blew up during Take Me Out to the Ball Game and got yourself kicked out. Dave Martinez, manager of the Nationals and PK. Replay was going to and all the blow-ups with managers, and it's ended a lot of them. But, man, that was spectacular. Well, you know that it's something nasty when Lou Pinella says, man, what was that? that. <laughs> <laughs> Why do managers lose it like that? I don't know, Lou. You tell us. Chip Hale, who used to manage the Diamondbacks, was having a hard time. And he's looking at the one guy. Chip Hale is trying to hold him back. He's his bench coach. Mm-hmm. And he can't do it. And there's another guy, I think the third base coach, who's just kind of standing there. Hey, Hale's like, can I get some help here? Exactly. <laughs> Literally just standing behind him like, what do you want me to do? Martinez was burning jet fuel, man. He was going. He had the strength of 10 guys he right pushed there. pushed him like 15 feet backwards, and he just <laughs> charges right back forward. The, the guy's standing because he's got the helmet on because he's the third base coach because they make you wear the helmets now. And he's just standing there, and Hale's trying to hold on for dear life. All of it bizarre. triggered. All of it triggered. At least the last trigger. Maybe there were several because there were multiple beefs with with umpiring in this series. But running down the baseline, you're supposed to be in foul territory, but the bags in fair territory. So 100 of the bags in. Fair so territory. realistically, as long as you're kind of on the line, which that's usually at, at the end enough. he was. He was right. He and hit the, the center of the bag. And the rule is written for the last half of the base path. Correct. Because when you swing and take that first step, you're liable to veer in. So well, you nobody get cares back. where you are then. Right. It's at the end. Yep. And, oh, he impeded the throw. Well, then if I'm a a pitcher or a catcher or a third baseman. I just hit him every time. Yeah. Right? I know. Yeah. Right. It, and from that angle. Because if I know if I can't get him right. out. Just chuck it at him and hope and you, you hit him in the back. And then you get a bailout. Yeah. Right. The only way to fix this is either to rewrite the rule and put a chalk line like two feet in and you can run there, or do what you see in so many softball leagues and have a second bag and have it in foul territory and the runner hits that one so that the runner and the throw and the first baseman don't come together. Right now. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was a bad call. I don't know what I saw some ex-jocks arguing about it afterwards that it was a right call of a horrible rule that needs to be changed. 
Yeah. That was where they were going. Maybe and then so. Joe Torre held his own press conference afterwards and 79 said, "79-year-old Joe Torre," and said, "Well, that, that took too long." And he must have said it at least five times. Maybe more. It just took too long. It can't take that long. It was the four minutes. That, that, that was too long. Oh, it, I thought it, was, it added to the drama. It, it, it took too long. That took too long. It was crazy. <laughs> and and then Joe Buck said, and the fans have no idea what's going on. Sure they do. What else? What the hell else would you be reviewing? <laughs> he can't. He must have said that three times. I'm thinking, well, sure they do. But then baseball caught a break because although it's a great talking point, a great debate, it did not impact who won the game because oh, the Nationals get a two-run homer. And maybe Martinez came out because he thought it should have been a three-run homer. Now, to your point, the runners would have advanced to second and third. So Rendon, who was having himself a night, would have had the bat taken out of his hands. Probably, yeah. Logically. Second and well, I third. think Eaton popped up, so it's two outs, and then Rendon hit the home run with just a run on first, which makes a whole big difference yeah. as opposed to an open base, and you have this stud hitter, so you probably walk in right. and put and, him on. And we're going into the future, and who knows, you know, maybe you call a different pitch. And yeah, I saw one of those memes on changes. Twitter of the home plate umpire, and it was Denzel Washington in some movie where he just slumps in his chair and smiles and pats his heart. Like, man, got out of that one. Because <laughs> ultimately it didn't matter, it didn't and it matter. just becomes a talking point. Right. 7-2 and the Nationals roll. And so, the visitors have won every game. That hasn't happened before in baseball or basketball or hockey. And yet here we sit. Will the home team finally win? I got to believe yes, just for dumb odds' sake. Granky or Scherzer? They both got Cy Youngs. Granky back in 2009 with the Royals. Scherzer's got three of them. I'm going to have my Diamondback hat on. Two former Diamondbacks. <laughs> How many Diamondbacks are there in this series? How do you guys Eaton? have Diamondback ties? Adam Beaton is one. Uh, the closer for the Nationals, Daniel Hudson, is one. I told you last night after Martinez got kicked out, it ended up two former managers managing the game, Chip Hale and and uh, A.J. Hinch. Uh, Wade Miley was one, but I don't think they put him on this uh, active roster pitcher for Houston. Uh, so, yeah, there's they've got uh, quite the flavor. Maybe don't make a bunch of stupid trades. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Padres, Jace Tingler. What am I supposed to think of Jace, 38-year-old Jace Tingler? No idea. Take it over for Andy Green. I know he was a uh, Rangers coach, but I like it. Didn't it seem like when we were growing up, John McNamara was getting a job every couple years? Right. Must have managed like 20 teams. Get some new blood in there, man. I have no idea who this guy is or what he can do. But or if they'll have the talent, and it'll even matter. And ultimately, you can only you be so good. And, and right. man, managers can make a difference in a few. I think Bruce Bochy made a difference. Yeah. Okay, that hurt. But he has to have the talent to be able to have the difference, be able to make the difference. Jazz tonight. Man. Clippers. This is the start of a nice Bogey little... is the difference. This is the start of a nice little run here. A couple of 3 and one teams. Absolutely, yeah. And they got the Clippers, and they got the Clippers. You don't want to fall that Sunday. far behind, man. You lose right. this game, you fall a game behind the Clippers. You're running out of time. They got the two best teams in the East coming up with Milwaukee and Philadelphia. In the uh, next order. week, right? right. Coming, like, coming uh, in Wednesday here. Friday? Coming here to Utah. Oh, they're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, is it Wednesday and Friday? Wednesday, November 6th, and Friday, November 8th. Uh-huh. Yeah, I try to keep abreast of the schedule a week so, ahead of time. So over the next 10 days, you're seeing the Clippers twice, uh-huh. who are picked number one in the West. Without Paul George, though. And Yes, and you're seeing... Uh, Philly and Milwaukee, who are picked 1-2 in the East. 
Without so Julia serving. So okay. And Junior no, Bridgman. No, Moses Malone's not walking through that door. Sidney Moncrief. <laughs> Sidney Moncrief. Jack Sigma. I love Sidney Moncrief. I don't know why. You did? Yeah, I saw him in Arkansas in the NCAA tournament. I was always a Sidney Moncrief fan. I love those guys of those days because Majerus used to tell stories about those guys all the time. Because he was in Milwaukee, right? Yeah. Had the ties. Yeah. Oh, I heard Sidney Moncrief stories left and right. He was the man. Rick loved him. Yeah, because he was one of these kind of unsung guys, I mm-hmm. think, who would just try to lock you down and those types of things. And yeah. obviously Majerus loved that stuff. Well, the next five games to the Jazz over the next week and a half or so, there's some high-level tests. We can talk about, hey, they're 3-1 and one and beating three teams they are supposed to be in the lottery. Well, in the next five games, they got the Kings, but they probably only have one lottery team in the next five with Clippers twice and Philly-Milwaukee. That's kind of the cream of the league right there. That's Speaking the of the, the lottery, best. we should have a lottery. When will Conley shoot over 50% in a game? What game you picking? It's going to happen. Get a bees ticket. This feels like a contest. <laughs> one, Solo ticket. One ticket on the grass think, berm for 2024. I think we're 2028 now. Yeah. But not like uh, July 24th or no fireworks. No, no. Fireworks. Fireworks night, days. not a chance. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be in April or April May. April or it's some spots it's, really snowy. <laughs> it's only, I was going to say, it's only available if the temperature drops below 55 degrees. Oh, like those golf specials? You pay whatever the temperature right, is? yeah. You go out and sit on the muddy berm by yourself. <laughs> Thanksgiving point. Enjoy a baseball game. <laughs> the low temperature special. Yeah. Hey, don't complain about it. You're the only one out there. If there's a home run, you're going to get it. You don't have to catch it. You just walk over and pick it up out of the mud. I don't even have to run. Whenever huh? it stops bouncing. Right. Uh, so when when is that going to be? Put your uh, people, get on our uh, app and our Twitter. When is Conley going to shoot over 50% for a game? And the first one who says the stars is not funny. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> See, they're 3-1 and one with him shooting a, you were talking about this earlier this morning, a percentage that is so abysmal it is not sustainable. It's laughable. If he is a 30-something point guard who suddenly loses it in just one offseason, just completely falls off a cliff athletically, he's still going to shoot better than that. Right, right. Even if he only shoots 40%, and that'd be a bad number. But even if he right. only shoots 40%, that means he's got to shoot 60% for five games to get that back up to 40% from 20. So the fact they've gone 3-1 and one while he can't make a shot is a good thing. Yeah, it is so abysmal that it literally cannot last. If he was going 4 for 12, you might that, think, oh, that might last. might last. But this is as bad a slump as we've ever seen. And so it is so bad that it, it'll end. It has to end. And he'll hit a bunch of shots. I mean, if he goes four for 12, he's hot. That's how bad it's been. So that's actually it's a good sign that he can't buy a bucket. Maybe it'll be tonight. Could use it tonight. You know, NBA history says when you play a team twice this close together, you split with them, and that goes for the Clippers and the Kings. They're playing the Kings twice close together. Kings when that bite, gets though. right, and so when that gets uh, when that rule gets broken, that quote unquote rule gets broken, then usually one team's really good or one team's really bad. Maybe an injury plays into it. You know, a team's just gutted. 
Well, the great thing about this jazz in the early part of the season, a lot of times you don't necessarily pay attention early part, particularly when you got college football rolling and NFL football, but the jazz are still in discovery phase. So it's fascinating to watch them try to discover who they are, what they are, who does what, where, how, what uh, Coach Snyder's rotations are and all this type of stuff. How does Joe Ingles adjust to come off the bench? So you got all these Story individual storylines. You got like seven, eight storylines here that make it more interesting as you watch the game develop. The Jazz, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Mavs, and the Nuggets are all 3-1 and one right now. Dallas winning a weird game. Nine guys in double figures. But nobody has more than 14, and no, they give Denver their first loss. No, it was in Denver, too, wasn't it? And no starter had more than 12. I should mention Houston's 2-1. and one. The only reason they're not in that group in 3-1 and one is the schedule. They just haven't played their fourth game yet. Well, if you're 2-1 and one and you want to include all the teams that are 3-1, and one, you simply can't do it. It's a mathematical yeah. equation. And I'm not very good at math, but I understand that one. Yeah, everybody's chasing the undefeated Spurs and the undefeated Wolves. Three, four games down, get 79 or See, 78 to go. See, and I kept saying, we watch Minnesota. This is it. This yeah. is the year. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, uh, anything else going on you want to talk about? We've talked about a lot of stuff today. Talked a lot of college football. Got any takeaways? Nothing that hasn't been already said. That's the whole point of this segment. Catch you want me to repeat stuff? The first three and a half hours. You know, the highlights. Well, let's see. I woke You've up arrived. at 5.15 this morning. Don't do that. I rolled All out right. of bed. I looked at my DJ phone. DJ PK oh, brought you in part. I want to rehash what I just said. Sing it. All the headlines brought to you by Larry H. Miller Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. Your feedback next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. People are asking me what the biggest difference is with this team. I could go on and on and on about the defense. The biggest difference is Tyler Huntley's development as a quarterback. I will reiterate this to everybody who loves to tweet at me after a Utah State game. Yes, Tyler Huntley is the best quarterback in the state. Yes, he is. And it's not even close. And I think that that's what's taken Utah to the next level because they've had the defense. They've had the run game. This is a new level with Tyler Huntley and his quarterback play. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Carl Malone is more humble than PK. Two words, two words, Rose Bowl. Also, Harley Davidson. Live to ride, ride to live. Woo! Five words, five words. What the crap, Mike Conley? Taco Tuesday! Not in a million years would I have guessed that PK has sock game. Tell people about your socks. Well, I enjoy. In fact, I call it the joy of socks. My socks today have a face of Johnny Cash on. My wife buys them for me. I haven't bought it. I have not bought an article of clothing in 25 years. And what were the socks that brought this up? Uh, Taco Tuesday, when we were talking about two words mm-hmm. or something. And uh, I have I have socks that say Taco Tuesday, and we are talking about how LeBron wanted to trademark Taco Tuesday. But I have socks. They're little tacos, and they say Taco Tuesday. Feedback of the day brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Okay, 
We've got a lot of feedback here as far as uh, two words, two words. What's better than game seven? What's better than bowl eligible? Which is where two words, two words started with Kyle screaming that in the locker room. Slam dunk, Michael says. <laughs> Slam dunk. National championship. Hashtag BYU, hashtag 1984. National championship. Yeah, those specifically apply to individual circumstances. We're talking general. Mateo says world champion. World champion. Andrew says courtside tickets. Uh, we got somebody here saying free Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A hyphenated. That's, uh, Chick-fil-A. That counts as one word. That comes in from Joshua. Does it? Yes. I don't know. I think I'd go Chick-fil-A. Lay. What are you watching tonight? Clippers Jazz. 400 votes in. Clippers Jazz with a lead with 59%. 18% for Game 7 and 15% say they're going to have two screens going. They'll be following both of them. World I'm going to have three screens. So I'm going to be watching Blackish. World Series at 6. Clippers and Jazz at 8. That's your, those are your big viewing options tonight. Channel 2 News at 10. That a kid. <laughs> DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. If you missed Riley Jensen today, you missed Lincoln Kennedy, you missed some of our random rambling brilliance, it's all online. Check out the podcast, 1280thezone.com, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. DJ and PK, we're out of here. We'll see you tomorrow.